Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study right here on our website as we enter into the Christmas season, a time to celebrate God's greatest gift to mankind, His Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll stay tuned as we we move into this Christmas Christmas-themed teaching as we head for Christmas Day so that we can, we who know the real reason for the season can celebrate it according to the knowledge we have of the, the significance of what God has done for us when He sent us His Son to be our Savior. Hallelujah. And to, and, and to Jesus who went to the cross to pay our sin debt and finished that work on the cross. Praise God. Amen. We want to talk to you today on the theme to teach a while and preach a while. As you know, I teach while I'm preaching. I preach while I'm teaching. Amen. So I can't promise you either preaching or teaching, but we pray that you will know God better, that you will love Jesus more than you did when we started this teaching. Praise God. Amen. And through the Holy Spirit that you can celebrate Christmas this year, no matter what circumstances are surrounding you, because you have received that that can never be taken from you. Amen. If you've received Christ as your Savior, He is His, and you belong to Him. Amen. So we're going to be talking about Christmas, the glory of God with us. There's a spiritual side of this that is so important to our victory as we walk in faulty bodies through a fallen world with a formidable foe in the enemy. And yet, because God is with us, us. Hallelujah. We can walk in the victory that that reality brings to our life. Praise God. Listen, I'm going on 75 years old. I've been walking with the Lord a long, long time. And I can tell you right now, if it wasn't for His presence with me, within me and thereby with me, there is no way that I could have kept the victory. And I'm not taking for granted that that's a given. I don't have to sweat it anymore. Well, I don't sweat it, but I'm well aware that I have an adversary and I'm well aware that I have a weakness called my flesh and I have to put my flesh on the cross in order to follow Jesus and I have to do it like Paul did it. He said, I sanctify myself daily. I don't do it one time and one great act of grace takes care of it all the rest of the way. I do it every single day because every day, amen, I am having to deal with a contrary force in my life and that is my own weak flesh. And yet the Bible said, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to deny myself Take up my cross, which means, in essence, to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof in order to follow him. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, there's a joy in following him more than any of the pleasures of sin that may be offered to our flesh. Praise God. All right. Having said that, let's get into this message today. Christian Christians today need to know this great fact that Christmas is all about the glory of God 
with us. And it is the secret, therefore, of all spiritual blessings. According to Matthew 1 and verse 23, listen carefully. It said, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now listen, he told her specifically to call his name Jesus, which is a, 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 an Aramaic form of the Joshua of the Old Covenant, the same name because Joshua was a great deliverer, savior to Israel. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Amen. Honor to be called Joshua. And if it was just Jesus, there was a lot of Jesus is around, but he became the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only was he a savior, that's what the word Joshua means, Yeshua, Jesus, but he is also, uh, and a deliverer, but he is also the son of the living God and the Messiah that was promised to come. Hallelujah. The Holy One of God and literally God incarnate. God in flesh. So that's why we're talking about the glory of Christmas is that God is with us and God is for us. Praise God. Amen. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. This will be a, a title of a revelation of him not just uh, uh, as our Savior, but who this Savior truly is, God in flesh. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Not God above us, aloof in his heaven, but God with us right here on earth. Not just the most high God, therefore, but the most nigh God. Jesus in the midst of us is the key to Christian peacefulness. You know, the Bible said that the message to the shepherds in the fields was peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we know from the time of Jesus' birth, there has never been yet peace on earth. It didn't mean that this baby laying in a manger suddenly would bring peace to the world. It did not. The world has had wars and rumors of wars and murders and killings and, and every kind of, of terrible events globally ever since he came. And it's escalating now in the last days, in the end times. But it did mean that there can be peace, but it's found in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Listen to John 20 and verse 19. It said, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And in verse 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. So I submit to you today these trembling disciples that saw their master crucified on the cross like a lamb dumb before his shearers, not opening his mouth. And he looked so helpless and everything seemed so hopeless. There's a message here for us today. 
When, when we feel so helpless and everything seems so hopeless, when Jesus is in the midst, when Jesus is with us through these things, His message of His presence to us is, Peace be unto you. The peace of knowing that God is for us and God is with us. Praise God. That's why Jesus reiterated it to these fearful, trembling, filled with trepidation disciples. Then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you. So in the time of trouble and in troubled times, there's no greater consolation than the promise of the presence of God. That's why I love Psalm 46.1. It's about calamities on the scale that we're seeing them now that's going to continue on. Psalm 46.1, listen, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present, literally an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, that means to sit down and quietly contemplate this. Listen, though the trouble is on this scale, this cataclysmic trouble, but listen to verse 4, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God, here's the reason that we are not afraid in this time of this kind of trouble. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. God in the midst, Emmanuel, God with us. You see, dear friend, Christian peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God, no matter what the trouble is. Bob Mumford said these words. I really like what he said, and I quote, Peace with God brings the peace of God. It is a peace that settles our nerves fills our mind, floods our spirit, and in the midst of the uproar around us, gives us the assurance that everything is all right. Billy Graham summed it up this way, the storm rages, but our heart is at rest. You see, if Jesus doesn't speak to the storm and say, peace be still, like he did on the Sea of Galilee, he will always speak to the storm in our heart that the storm without has created. And in our heart, he will say, peace be still. Praise God. The storm rages, but our hearts can still be at rest. That's the kind of peace that Jesus brought and made possible through what he came to accomplish and did accomplish on the cross. By the way, that peace could not occur until after he paid our sin debt on Calvary. But for everyone that believes, peace is one of the great benefits of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I want to share with you a wonderful example of peace 
in the times of trouble. This Jesus kind of peace. And this is a true story. And it was around Christmas. So it's very appropriate right now. In 1944, Bert Friesen was fighting in the Battle of the Bulge. Hit by enemy shrapnel, badly wounded and unable to move. He lay out on the battlefield waiting for death or whatever was to come. Much of the time during those six long hours, he sang softly over and over again the words of the song he learned from his mother. There is a name, most dear, like sweetest music to my ear. For when my heart is troubled, filled with fear, Jesus whispers peace. He heard a sound nearby. Opening his eyes, he saw a German soldier standing over him with a gun. This is it, thought Bert, as he waited for the shot. But the German soldier didn't shoot. He said in English, sing it again. (laughs) Hallelujah. As Bert began to sing the song again, he felt the German lift him in strong arms, place him on the ledge of a rock. His own medic spotted him a few minutes later and took him to safety. Jesus had whispered peace in the midst of war. You see, friend, Jesus indeed is the Prince of Peace. He is with us and promised to never leave us. And therefore, our souls can rest in Him. That's what Jesus said in John 16 and verse 33. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I like this in the Amplified. It said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress. Somebody say, tell me about it instead of amen out there. In the world, this fallen world, you will have tribulation, trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm. I have conquered it for you. Praise God. This God of glory, this Christ of heaven came down on Christmas Day. But he didn't stay in a manger. He went to the cross and finished the mission he came to accomplish to pay our sin debt so that we could have the blessing and benefit of peace because of the promise of His presence in the midst. Jesus in the midst is the key to joyfulness. In John 20 and verse 19, Jesus said, Peace be unto you. In John twenty twenty, He showed them His hands and His side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Amplified said they were filled with joy, delight, exultation, ecstasy, and rapture. One translation said they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
Psalm 16 and 11 said, In thy presence there is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand, of course, pleasures forevermore. Small wonder they were filled with joy. Jesus walked into death, entered Sheol, and emerged again with the keys of death and hell in his belt. We should rejoice with great joy. Our sins have been abolished. Death has been destroyed. We've been reconciled to God. And instead of the dread of judgment, we now enjoy fellowship with the Father. I like Romans five ten and 11. It said, If when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. The paraphrase says, We rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. You see, dear friend, Christ with us is the assurance that God has forgiven our sins. He's no longer uh, at enmity with us. He's now our <laughs> He's now our ally. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look out, devil. Say that with me. You better look out, devil. You see, if God is for us, and God is expressing the fact that He's for us by coming down and coming to be with us, to become one of us and one with us. What happened at the cross allowed for a relationship that that is unthinkable. It, it, it is extravagant love. It's extravagant grace. Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, Father, you know how you're in me and I'm in you. I want them, they that believe on me, to be in us in that very same relationship. And now hold on to your hat if you have one on. Strap in. Listen to this. And Jesus prayed for this because God desires this. He said, Father, you know the love that you love me with. I want you to love them, therefore, with the same love wherewith you have loved me. Now, friend, I'm sitting here thinking how undeserving I am at my best of him loving me as much as he loved his perfect, divine, holy son that obeyed him even to the death of the cross. I struggle with my flesh. I do not struggle with God's lordship God's and, 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 and Christ's lordship. I struggle with my flesh. But I'm going to tell you right now, one thing we need to quit struggling with, and that is that God loves us supremely. And because he loves us, we can be sure that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. It's not just his integrity holding him to that promise. It's his love, the same thing that held him to that cross, holds him to that promise to us today. His love for us. Listen to Zephaniah three fourteen and 15. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He's cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. 
thou shalt not see evil anymore. It doesn't mean we won't see evil in the world, the evil and wickedness all around us, but we will not be overcome by evil. You know what Jesus said, don't be overcome with evil, overcome evil with good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. The Amplified said, the Lord himself is in the midst of you. And after he's come unto you, he will not, you will not experience fear of evil anymore. I like that. Evil will not ultimately prevail because God is for us and God is with us. Friend of mine, Christian joy, just like Christian peace, is based on a new relationship with God, a genuine fellowship provided through Christ sacrificed. In in Zechariah 2 and verse 10, it says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come and I will dwell in the midst of thee. Praise God. Amen. Someone has said, Queen Elizabeth's flag flying over Buckingham Palace is a sign that the queen is in residence. Joy shining from a Christian's eyes is a sign the king of kings is in residence. We used to sing that. Love is a flag flown high on the castle of my heart, for the king is in residence there. One theologian said, Joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. See, the scriptures, dear friend, says in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, his presence is not when you sense him. We were in a meeting one time not too awful long ago when when the, it's just like God entered the room. It's almost like he just showed up and we all felt the presence of God. Everyone in the room felt the presence of God. He's right here with us and oh, the joy of sensing his presence. And then there was tongues and interpretation, and the interpretation of the tongues was, I didn't just arrive when you felt me. I was with you. But because of you were focusing on me, you became aware of me. Oh, what a revelation. Amen. He's with us when we don't feel him and don't sense him just as much as when we may experience him the most. Don't wait on goosebumps on your goosebumps. <laughs> Amen. To, to bear witness of his presence. He promised, lo, I am with you always. And it turned cowards into courageous, (laughs) courageous Christians who went out and shook their world for Jesus. What did that? It's when after the cross, after rising from the dead, Jesus appeared in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you, and reiterated it again and said, Peace be unto you, and then promised them, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, but I will go with you. Hallelujah. Even unto the end of the world, the end of the age, lo, I am with you always. Glory to God. Jesus brought peace on earth in the sense of this, 
there is a peace to be found with God and in Christ. It's available to everyone on this planet and you won't find it from anyone else and you won't find it anywhere else. But you can find it if you repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God will pardon your sin and you will have peace with God. And the moment you're aware of having perfect peace with God. Amen. No more condemnation. No more shame. Praise God. The assurance of your salvation. You will have, (laughs) you will have the peace of God ruling and reigning in your heart. In the midst of the storm, you will have peace within. And even if Jesus hasn't spoken yet, peace be still to your circumstance. He will speak Peace be still to the storm it's created in your heart and a great calm will come. It's a peace, the scripture says of it, that it passes all understanding. If the storm ceases and everything's just perfect, we understand that. But he said, my peace is different. It's not that the world gives. You want to know the peace the world offers? (laughs) Open up Webster's Dictionary, any good collegiate dictionary, any dictionary. It's, it's brought in its simplest form from all of them. It's, all, it's going to say the cessation of wars, the, the calmness that comes when the conflict is ended. But the world can't deliver the peace that it tries to define because there is no cessation of wars and there is no end to the conflicts we will experience in faulty bodies in a fallen world. But Jesus said, my peace I give you, not like the world gives. This peace can exist in the midst of the conflict, in the midst of the battles, in the midst of all of the circumstances of life. Amen. His peace can still rule and reign in our hearts and in our minds. And oh, how we need that peace, that peace within. I'm not going to brag on me, but I'm going to brag on Jesus. I was bivocational for 12 years, which meant I worked and pastored out of the 46 years that I've been ministering. And I worked at a production plant uh, on a night shift, afternoon and evening, actually, so I could be in church every Sunday. Never missed a Sunday. Had to run out of church to make it to my job many Sundays. But anyway, I was in the locker room on a Monday. Everybody else that went out and partied, not everyone, but a lot of people did on the weekend, come in hungover, wondering if they're going to get in trouble, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And 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 and, and I, I don't know. I, I wasn't trying to, to be happy. I just was happy, <laughs> and I came in glad that I had my health and that I was a Christian and that God was on the throne. And even though I was I was working and ministering and and taking care of things and busy, I felt good in God. And and it just I, I was just change, changing into my uniform uh, that I worked in. And I was whistling. I don't even know if it was a. It, it was. I don't know of the tune. I was just whistling. And suddenly someone said, who is that over there from the other side of the lockers? Who is that over there so happy on a Monday? And I didn't answer. Someone else before I could answer said, 
that's the Rev. That's what they call me at work, the Rev. Said, that's the Rev. He's got that deep, settled peace within. Oh, friend of mine, if you want to impress the world with your testimony, get into God to such a degree and take him at his word to such a degree that you begin to experience the peace that passes understanding because no one can get it from a bottle. No one can get it from a needle. No one can get it from a pill. No one can get it on the marketplace. A billionaire can't buy it. There was one man who said, I was so rich, I could, I could absolutely, I could rent a $10,000 suite to spend the night in. There are actually suites of rooms that cost that much, that are that luxurious. He said, but I couldn't buy a good night's sleep because I could not find peace. And friend of mine, we have something. If we, if we enjoy it and we employ it, it's, it's, <laughs> you, you're like a city set on a hill. If you've got the peace of God in the midst of the, all the trouble that we're, we have, if you have the joy of Jesus in the midst of these troubled times, people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to recognize that. You, you don't, don't have to tell them. It's not like a bumper sticker, you know, on your car. It's like a beacon. <laughs> Hallelujah. A lighthouse in a stormy night. You are a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. And when that happens, the Bible said, be ready, be instant in season, out of season, to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is in you. They're going to see it. They're going to be drawn to you. Be ready to tell them about Jesus Christ today. Listen, dear friend, if you don't know the Lord is your Lord and Savior, if you don't know him, the scripture says of you that you're without God and without hope in this present world. Without God and without hope in this present world. That's a terrifying, terrible place to be. To be without God's help and therefore without hope. Because Man can only do so much, and man's systems can only do so much, and man can only do so much to help himself. And there's a place where we can't go any further, and no one else can. But God can, and God did. God loved us enough to send His own Son, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, so that God could come into our fallen world and he could grow into maturity in Christ and go to the cross and take our place pay our sin debt to reconcile us to himself and then promise to be with us every step of the way in this world and to take us to his house to live with Him eternally. If you don't know Jesus, you can have this hope and this peace and this joy, which are the hallmarks of the true Christmas 
season. Come to Jesus today. Come to Christ today. Repent of your sin and receive forgiveness. Be sealed with the Spirit and be ready for His coming. And until He comes, live fearlessly in this fallen world because God is for you and God is with you. In Jesus' name.